0: Welcome back to Story Reckless. My name's Nathan. I uh, usually am your DM these evenings. I use he, him pronouns. However, this evening I guess I'm going to be sort of a host. I don't know. It's all three of us being hosts. But with that being said, let's pass it over.
1: My name's Claire. My pronouns are they, them. Usually I play Kidom, Half-Elf Brave Cleric, but I am now one of three hosts for the evening.
2: And my name is Olive. I use they and she pronouns. And usually I play Lovelace Centaur multifaceted job descriptor. Uh, but today I am merely Olive, another host for this evening. I'm also in a new place because I just moved to Portland. Yeah. It's cold here.
0: <laughs> How cold? You 32 was- degrees. Is it really 30? You said. A different number, did, it drop? did I? Yes,
2: <laughs> four degrees. Yeah. you know, <laughs> you said it, it, wasn't a real temperature, though. Portland is 14 hours away from the Bay Area. Yeah, so I'm all here tonight. Great, yay!
0: Well, <laughs> uh, with that, so for those of you that are unaware, tonight we're just doing a post mortem on our last adventure. Um, so we're just going to be hanging out, talking about it answering any questions that pop up in chat so please feel free to ask uh and then we have some questions of our own that we're going to be asking ourselves so to kick it off let's see i do you want to like
2: maybe recap like the whole arc for folks just to jog people's memories about what
0: happened yeah not bad that's that's a great idea yeah uh so for this arc Kadam and Lovelace were tasked with their patron, Box of Screws, to find this village, this mining village that may or may not exist, called Vermilion. The village uh, had access to a rich platinum vine, and then a tragic accident occurred, and eventually the village was abandoned and was lost according to a storybook that box of screws found box of screws however was convinced it may be real due to some talkings of regional things in the book and uh, Kadam and Lovelace headed down found the village and discovered that the tragedy was there was an explosion that occurred but The remainder of the tragedy was the result of these fey creatures known as Mean Locks. And as Kadam and Lovelace battled with psychic torment from these creatures, they eventually uncovered the mysteries of what happened, rid the town of the Mean Locks, which was a challenging thing to go through. (laughs) We will go through some questions (laughs) revolving around that.
2: Kidam cried, and it was sad. It was. Because, like, we had to solve a problem with violence and the things that we were violenceing towards weren't like malicious. I mean, sure, they kidnapped people and like tortured them until like they turned into more mean locks, but it's because they
0: were hurt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it, it was yeah. it was truly sad. There was a lot of things they uncovered about these people that lived there and that were turned into the mean locks but. At the end of the day, they were conflicted as to whether or not to reveal to the Box of Screws whether there was platinum in the mine or not. Ultimately, they decided to reveal this. <laughs> there
2: was no decision reached.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll say Lovelace decided not to lie to Momfred. Yeah. Uh, there was some drama that went down. We can go into a little more. Attempted detail if it comes murder. Out. Attempted murder. Play it up a little bit. <laughs>
2: I stopped it.
0: Yeah, Monfred, we- uh did not like the fact that Renwin knew that there was platinum in that mine. He wanted to silence him while there, you were both out in the wilderness. And yeah, the adventure came to a close with the two of you heading back to the town of Marin where there were some survivors from Vermillion. And you spread the tale of what actually happened. Uh, much to Manfred's um, displeasure. <laughs> so, with that, uh, I wanted to kick it off. Speaking of Manfred, so Montfred being the companion you're traveling with that Botswit Fruz sent along with you, he's kind of keeping an eye on you and was there as an expert to uh, confirm whether or not there was platinum. I want to ask both of you. What were your feelings about Manfred before he tried to kill Renwin? And then how did those feelings change after the incident?
1: Kadam. Oh, go ahead.
2: No, go, go. It's all you.
1: Kadam was definitely of the opinion that you didn't get as high ranking in the guild as Monfred has gotten without being capable of various kinds of dirty work. Um, that didn't stop them from liking him. They still like him. um They were Disappointed to find that Manfred was willing to commit cold blooded murder by in the middle of the night by killing a sleeping person. Um, but they're not surprised that he was capable of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: What about you, Lovelace slash Olive?
2: I think. I mean, I was charmed by his uh, attempts to stay secret. Um, he seemed like a total dweeb. Um, so there was some like jock dweeb interaction going on, being like, ah, a would dunk you into a trash can. If there was a trash can I hand. Um, poor
0: kid.
2: I don't think Lovelace really thought through like his position in the guild. Um, Probably, like, he was just, like, some hired expert that uh, Box of Screws also had dirt on. I think I didn't realize, like, how loyal he was to Box of Screws initially. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, like, the fact that he was willing to commit murder just, like, out of fear or just, like, I know Box of Screws
0: well enough that this is what she'd want. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Does that
0: change Lovelace's opinion?
2: Yeah, I think it's like... mm, Yeah, because like, we basically moved ourselves into opposition, being like, we're going to act against your interests, your expressed interests. Yeah. And I think Lovelace was a lot more willing to do that after she saw that he was, like, just kind of, like, spineless in that way. Mm-hmm. Or just, like, scared enough to, like, you know, commit a murder in cold blood.
0: Yeah. I Winget's grad I believe the question was uh, in response to the revealing the platinum. Mm-hmm. If you want to speak to that? Why did Lovelace make the choice to reveal the platinum to Monfred?
2: Yeah, so I think I talked about this a little bit out of character in during the show, being like out of character. What are the stakes here? Um, it's do we let this thing just like slip into obscurity, or do we just like start the cycle anew, um, but hopefully different this time? Yeah, and. I don't know. I think Lovelace is not great at letting buried things stay buried. Um, I think... It's like... Lovelace is confrontational. Yeah. And just letting something slip away like that... Feels like running away from it. Or like not being willing to like face up to it in some way. Hmm. Um... So I think that that's like maybe like if Kidam had like expressed a strong alternate plan, uh, she could have been convinced. But I think she went with her gut there, just being like, "No, nah, we're not gonna like just let this slide. We're mm-hmm. gonna do it again, and we're gonna do it better." Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we moved to kind of like let word get out of like what had happened and mm-hmm. trying to get like leverage and like setting up it to go better this next time.
1: I'm really curious at your connection between telling Manfred that there is platinum here mm-hmm. and telling people what happened. Those seem like two different things in my mind. One is this is the current state of the world that is immediately relevant to the benefit of the guild. and here is what has been happening for the past 70 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, when we yeah. were talking about, like, um, whether to tell the story, like, tell people what's been going on here or not, I thought that we were agreeing to tell the story of what's been happening for the past 70 years. But why on earth would we help the guild?
2: Yeah, that's good. That's a good question.
1: So <laughs> when, when Lovelace told Manfred that there was platinum. Kadam was like, in their head, "What the fuck? What the fuck? What on earth is going on here?" But he, Why didn't you say that out loud? Because, in the middle, because Manfred was right there.
2: Well, we talked about it beforehand.
1: Yeah, but a we little bit. We had a miscommunication.
2: Yeah. Huh. Delicious. Well, ain't too late for Manfred to <laughs> run into an accident. Oh no
1: it would be extremely convenient if Manfred didn't make it back to Baldur's Gate. Mm. That's Clara saying that.
2: <laughs> Manfred, no murdering. <laughs> <Cold> blood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Snap cut Yeah, The like, low angle, harsh light like, <laughs> looking down. Oh my goodness.
2: Um, yeah, I I had instant regrets, I think. It's just like, oh no, why would... this is just going to help the guild, like, in any way. Even, like, telling folks about, like, what the story was, yeah, I don't know. I think Lovelace made a bad call. That's good. Yeah. good. Yeah. Those mistakes are good. Yeah.
1: Kadam thinks so, too. <laughs> we might have a conversation in character about it at some point. <laughs> um
0: That's cool. I wanted to ask this is I'll start I'll start with Kadam, because Lovelace just had a question. I wanted to know from Kadam how Kadam feels about Sahineen after the events of the mine. After everything that happened. Kadam had all those visions leading up to it.
1: Yeah. Kadam is feeling content for now. Um, they were not happy with... Kadam's a lot more comfortable giving than receiving. Uh... And so, just being given all of these powers was unnerving. Especially because they had no idea why or for what purpose. I mean... So, being asked for something in return, even just being given a task, was extremely reassuring. Um... They are comfortable enough with themselves and their place in the world to not need complete understanding of what's going on. Mm -hmm. They believe themselves incapable of fully understanding a god. Um...
0: That's, you know, it's it's funny because I do feel like you do you sometimes get the trope of either for clerics or paladins that they 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 will understand like the the messages that come um, through. They're the like interpreter, right? The the person that's supposed to deliver those messages. Um, so it's it, maybe it's because. Part of it is because Kadam's still, like, so new to all these powers coming in. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see Kadam have that struggle. Of like and, and understanding, like, I'm not gonna know what all this means.
1: Mm-hmm. And like, part of that might end up being that I or Kadam misinterpret things. Um,
2: Was it Sahanin who brought you to the entrance of the Meanlocks thing? How did you find that again? Um, like you were kind of wandering around being empathetic?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that was just Kadam. Huh. Because I wasn't reaching out to Sahanin at that point, it was just Kadam sending out their own awareness.
0: You're talking about the entrance when you were inside the mine, and you see them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah, so... content for now. Content for now, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, I... all of this is entirely up to you if you want to answer this or not, because this has not been really revealed yet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But (laughs) Weezy these asks, who's the young, young centaur that Lovelace was being tormented with
2: I feel like this is an interesting situation that we've like talked about a little bit like we have character backstories
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and then like what's the best way to like kind of reveal them like what's the most interesting way and I feel like just laying it out isn't super no. interesting but also just like being hush hush about it well, like isn't so
0: I think it's fine to keep that.
2: Uh-huh, Close uh-huh. to the chest for
0: now. I would rather that this uh, something like that comes out in narrative, um, but it is your character, so I will
2: let you. I, okay, let's let's do a vague but evocative hint. Okay. Good uh <laughs> Hmm. Everything that I can think of is like maybe a little bit too obvious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's. How Kidam met Lovelace involves the cent- centaur. Yeah. That's, um yeah, it's that's it's good. how we met. Good. The first time.
0: Excellent. Um This is a very broad question for both of you. Uh and I don't know, maybe it's too broad, but How do you think Lovelace and Kadam have changed, if they've changed, after this, the events of the mine? Like, uh, this whole arc? Do you think there's any significant changes that have occurred, or do you think there's still...
2: I think Lovelace has been pushed to the point of saying, like, we cannot keep having our cake and eating it too, Mm -hmm. like, working with the guild. Like, at this point, Lovelace... Is expecting to be in direct opposition to the guild. Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of depends on how Box of Screws reacts, but like we can't keep just enriching them. And like, even if it's like convenient for us at the time to like access those resources, Box of Screws always wins in the end. Mm -hmm. The house wins. And I think it's for Lovelace, it's time to like end that potentially violently. Okay, it's really fair. Which is sad because Olive would love to have box of screws as like a mechanical patron.
1: Oh man, yeah. Kadam has changed. I think Kadam is continuing to take into account new information. Um, And so their thoughts, feelings, opinions, and actions will change because of that. I don't think that they have changed fundamentally as a person Mm through this. They are emotionally tired right now, but that's temporary. A box of screws is such a... She's such a problem. Um, <laughs> wants nothing more to, to do with the guild, but they want to continue having a relationship with Box of Screws.
2: Yeah, you can't always get what you want. Uh uh-huh. yep. <laughs> Um,
1: they're having, they're realizing that the person that they love, their sister is Cortea, and that Box of Screws is a, a person who they don't really know. Um,
2: <laughs> is Cortea dead? Is that how vampires work in this world? I don't know. I don't think so.
1: Um, and they really, really, really want to know whether Cortea, Box of Screws, chose to be a vampire or not. Because if she did, that's going to entail a completely different relationship than if she didn't.
0: Mm hmm Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of threads converging on Box of Screws' relationship. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. guild relationship.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Kadam is extremely close to telling Lovelace the Box of Screws <laughs> is their sister. Yeah. Yeah. Very.
2: Just wait for the most dramatic possible time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> they almost did. Um, I think it was this this arc. The only thing that stopped me was that Nathan started speaking. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember the exact circumstance.
0: Oh, were you both sitting on the cliffside uh, during your travel to Vermillion?
1: That might have been it.
0: You like laid down, and then Lovelace came and found you.
1: Yeah, that that might have been it. I'm not remembering at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were interrupted, I believe, by Manfred coming to find you.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, I just have to appreciate Weezy's Breezy's comment because I really love that movie. There is no Um, Cortilla. Zool. Zool, it's uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Winged Scribe asks For me, what does Monfred think Kadam's reasons are for thinking they have a special way to convince Box of Screws? I think Bonfren doesn't believe Kadam. (laughs) I I don't know, like, maybe he thinks it's... If anything, it's not... It doesn't have anything to do with their relationship with one another. His first first thoughts would be it has something to do with Kadam's powers. Could convince Fox's crews. Or that Kadam is just really naive about who Box of Screws is. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he necessarily believes that Kadam has the capabilities to change Box of Screws. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else? One of the questions
2: we got here. I, I just I just came up with one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I've noticed that Claire, oh. Kidam and Lovelace have been, like, having more, like, long silence moments. And maybe this is more of a comment than a question. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I guess I I feel like as a performer, especially, like, being on Twitch or something, like... Sitting in silence can be really hard for me
1: Mm -hmm. Um, because
2: it's just like got to be entertaining, like, we got to... I don't know, be kind of like moving things forward all the time, especially like since our time is like so limited. Yeah. Um, And at least for myself, it's like been like it it has taken like three seasons, three modules to get to this point. For me. And like, I just wanted to like kind of hear what your thoughts about that progression has been.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I know that like what Kidam is experiencing in those moments is tenderness and love and affection for Lovelace and is communicating that through through uh, prolonged eye contact. Kadam really likes eye contact. <laughs> um, and also, that is both harder to convey on camera than it is in person, and also it's really hard to convey because we can't make eye contact. Like, I can fake eye contact by making, by looking directly into the camera. But neither, but you don't then, or wait, no, then I don't get any of the, like, reciprocation that you might be giving back to me.
2: I feel, I feel those vibes when you do it, though. It's, it's true. I'm so glad. <laughs> it comes through.
1: I'm so glad. So yeah, that's what's happening like character-wise, yeah. performance-wise.
2: You're just like in Kidam's head too much.
1: <laughs> I, I'm i in Kidam's head a whole darn lot. Um, my thought is that if someone is just jumping in right when we are sharing a meaningful silence, they might jump immediately out again because we're sitting in an awkward silence. <laughs> but i think for the, i'm missing something
0: i think it's fine
1: cool i'm glad Wheezy's breezy's <laughs> um, <laughs> but i think the people who are in in the stream already who have the mm-hmm. context for what's going on i think it is just fine to good and beneficial um So I suppose I'm willing to compromise the person who might jump in and then jump out again in order to have what feels like a better performance.
2: Yeah. I also feel like it's somehow easier because there's only two of us. Whereas like my social anxiety brain when there's like a whole bunch of party players is already like don't take up too much of like the spotlight. You got to like give and take and share. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that like everybody's involved when it's on the like one-on-one conversations um i i think like makes it easier for me
1: cool i'm just glad i
0: i really like those silent moments they feel right uh mm-hmm. and, and it's just that it's just a gut feeling that it feels right and i'm okay with operating on that at least right now um I think it feels right, and it's been working well. Um, I think, to your credit, Olive, uh, when we started off, I think there were some in like some of the earlier arcs. There were those silent moments, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I kind of got the sense that you were a little more uncomfortable with those. And I think kind of what you're saying is like, as these arcs have gone on, I've noticed you becoming more and more comfortable with them, and letting yourself sit with it, kind of playing off of Kadam's body language and then responding. Like, I don't know, I think it's gotten, like, way better in in terms, like, I've seen that progression of both of you becoming comfortable with that. And I think it makes for really strong moments. Exactly Mm -hmm. what uh, Wheezy's Breezy said, where it's those long pauses start to feel more, like, impactful and important.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Weezy breezy also mentions that it feels different on the podcast version. Oh yeah, the <laughs> players clearly thinking things out. Yeah, dead air on podcasts is
0: uh, yeah is a trip. Yeah, yeah I'm curious how many people are listening via via podcast. We should, should look analytics. Yeah, oh, we should both look. We should look at our analytics. What <laughs> are uh, our yeah. analytics, Nathan? Question for you. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I mean, any
1: of us could check. <laughs> yeah, hmm.
0: I I did check it a while back. I, I'm not going to do it right now, but yeah. Also, thanks again to Peter. I think Peter might be one of our podcast listeners. Thank you, Peter, for setting that up for us. Uh,
2: yeah, Yeah, I, I don't think about the podcast at all. I'm sorry, podcast listeners, if you're on the podcast. It's okay. We started you're doing this. doing great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we started this as a Twitch stream. We're... Let's focus on one thing at a time. Um, awesome. Very good. What are the questions for back here?
1: Yeah, uh, this is well, Olive. May I ask one of your questions?
2: Yes, ask one of my questions that I had because so you Olive also has your head. this
1: question, and I really like it. So I'm going to ask Nathan. Was there something weird about that tree? I agree with Olive. It felt significant, but nothing. Like it feels like we didn't figure it out.
0: You mean the tree in the center of town?
2: Yeah, yeah, the tree in the center of town with the silver locket in it. No, <laughs> it's just a tree. <laughs> just... Why did it have the <laughs> locket in it? Why? I
0: I don't know. You'll never know. Kadav and Lovelace will never know. <laughs> it's a good question.
1: I mean, I think the locket was there because I mean, it was, you know, who knows where else in a more reasonable place and then a mean lock, like, came across it and, like, shoved it in the tree for kicks and giggles or because it was shiny there or I don't know why, but, like...
2: This will make great environmental storytelling someday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the mean locks were thinking about how to set things up to be as creepy and frightening for random people who stumble in as possible, like, actually, genuinely.
0: Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Yeah, sorry I don't have a more satisfying answer. It, you know, it's just, it's just a tree in the center of town. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh. Do one of you wanna ask the next question? I can I can read it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> what was the significance
2: of that net twenty during Kidam's stream? It felt like something happened.
0: Um but it, then So Yeah, it was basically it was Kadam made a saving throw and had Kidam failed, they would have suffered a point of exhaustion and the nightmare would have become more extreme. You know, mechanically speaking. Had they succeeded, they would have pushed through the nightmare, woken up, and been fine. The nat 20, I basically was like, okay, you were lucid dreaming, essentially. like Slash, there's more going on. But, yeah, it was giving the reins to Kadam. And then on top of that, I used it as an opportunity to try to have Sehanin communicate to Kadam in as clear a way as possible without straight up speaking, you know, because so far I've been keeping everything visual with Sehanin.
1: I'm really grateful for that. Cool. It does make them feel other, which a lot of how I've seen D&D and, like, fantasy in general treat gods as being like powerful people powerful humans
0: yeah yeah but
1: there's something to be said for that kind of relationship but yeah you
0: know. it's just a slight tangent but speaking on gods as being people like um i'm not playing it currently but i was playing hades and i just love mm-hmm. that style of god where it's even more they are just people like erratic, petty, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, uh there's definitely I don't know. I I I can see both I, I like both interpretations, but I think what maybe what you're describing, Claire, is sometimes D D gods can be portrayed as powerful people that are like they're not quite on that Greek level where they're super messy and emotional. Mm-hmm. It's they're more like in the I didn't really grow up religious, but, like, how I imagine, you know, Christianity, God, being very omnipotent and kind of, like, infallible, almost, you know, like...
1: Yeah, kind of like, um... They
0: have a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: An adolescence interpretation of God. Is that, yeah. is that unkind? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's how it, I thought of God when I was, you know, pre-12.
0: Yeah, like, I... Yeah, again, didn't really grow up religious, so it's harder for me to like. Yeah. There was a time when I believed that hell was a real place, and that scared the crap out of me. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, Winged Scribe has another question.
2: Thank I'll, you. Yeah, oh, I know. Claire, do you want to read it? Sure. I read the last one. Um,
1: Nathan, why was there no platinum? that was out of the walls, but not fully processed into items. That is not actually accurate. Um, I had been assuming the Mean Locks <laughs> happened during a relatively normal time. A cave-in happened, but production was going normally beforehand. Were there other people who came and looted the extracted ore? Did the Mean Locks hide it? What happened?
0: Yeah, so... I didn't go into the, the whole... Because I didn't want to get bogged down with exposition, but... the, the whole kind of events that uh, um, happened around Vermilion was there was the accident, the miners were trapped there for I believe it was like two weeks or something, maybe a week um, and that that tragic incident, that suffering and pain as extreme as it was because it was so close to a border of the Feywild created the Mealocks the Mealocks tormented the town for I think it was like at least three months if not more like just slowly months yeah months of just slowly picking people off one by one uh and then people started to leave so people who had platinum items all those things just started taking it with them the blacksmiths left they took all their stuff at least they didn't take all their stuff they left all the best things they left some stuff yes that's um, what they took with them. And then if in terms of anything that was perhaps left behind, like those kind of remaining people... Um, the, the, there's actually something that you didn't find, but I won't go into the details of it. Um, but there's an implication that other people have found Vermilin and either been taken, or maybe they managed to escape and probably looted whatever was there. That's my interpretation. Uh, You know, that is how I envisioned it. Um, It does become tricky, though, when it's like, nobody knows about this town, or like, very few people know about this town. Um, But I don't know. That can probably pretty easily be explained with just those that escaped were literally just like opportunists that were just looting I, you know why would they necessarily tell people or like they wouldn't necessarily go running around me like there's a mine <laughs> there's a mine up there so especially if there's all that horrible mm-hmm. like if they were getting tormented just like the two of you were so yeah,
1: yeah I, I think know. we got that exposition in the prologue
0: yeah like I think that there was,
1: specific piece
0: yeah it's like um, a bit of it
1: which was a while ago but
0: yeah
2: where yeah. did they sell their Platinum to? Why didn't they know notice that like the Platinum
0: had dried up? It's, it's a good question. I, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that because it happened 70 years ago, there's just enough time that has passed that it's just kind of, you know, been forgotten. That's the only thing I can think of, but yeah. Second question.
2: What did we miss? (laughs) Please go into it. (laughs) What loot should we have kept searching for and gone over like inch by inch over the town? Stolen perception checks. I'm
0: gonna keep it vague. Uh huh. You got most of it. I'm gonna keep it there. Oh, uh, one other thing. That was actually something else. Um, I'm kind of running off the winged scratch question. The other thing that I tried to kind of reveal through the environment was that when you were going through the mine and going down those other little you know side sheets and stuff there was no sign of platinum so that was the other thing that was going through my head was that this mine you know they were pushing deeper because they had they had already tapped those veins and they were trying to find the next vein and then it you know the accident happened so like that could be another reason right that any platinum that was left out in town either got sold or taken by the time everybody left. So. Hopefully that's a satisfying answer. This yeah, is, that works for yeah, yeah. Thank you, Winged Scribe.
2: It's a very Winged Scribe question.
0: Yeah. Also, thank you, Winged Scribe, for your explanation on how to create powdered iron.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's, it's nice having a Carpenter and blacksmith who regularly watches because these are skills that are very relevant to this world and that the three of us don't have. Yeah.
0: Uh, just. Olive, okay. you asked me, have we figured out a name yet? Can you give some more context behind this? Because I still <laughs> am confused by this question. This was something that happened pre stream, by the way.
2: Yeah, so. We have been talking about Lovelace's backstory. And there's a pretty significant no, I, figure. I know no, now.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, well, I was right in my bad. We can't talk about it.
2: We can't talk about it. I wasn't gonna ask.
0: <laughs> we can't talk about that. Keep it, keep
2: it. It's it's so good though. It makes everything fit. I've been like kind bad. of like listless and be like, okay, like what are like Lovelace's like long term goals? And it's like boom, cool, great, classic D and D goal
0: there. I thought you were talking about the lizard folk, the <laughs> the, like, the lizard folk that you fought that that in the, oh, wrestling, the wrestling thing. Oh, the wrestling thing. Yeah, and I was like, I thought we.
2: Had... I'm going back there. By the way, that is gonna. A reoccurring event. Yeah.
0: Nice. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, that all makes so much more sense <laughs> now. It's like, what are you talking about? Uh, t- no. To answer your question. Uh, anyways.
2: <laughs> How do meme locks burrow claws magic a large gnome built drilling
0: device? <laughs> well, sorry. One more time. What are they called? Uh, meme, locks? <laughs> meme locks? Meme locks? Meme locks. <laughs> um... <laughs> they use the power of memes. <laughs> um, that's a good question. It is implied that it happens through magic. Uh, hence the, like, perfect shape of the burrows. Um, this is something that I I like wanted to think about more and like kind of go through the logic of like how it works, um, but yeah, I've been I just haven't had time to like put that much depth into these these things to to, to be completely honest. Um, so what I what I like doing is kind of what I've been trying to do with a lot of this stuff is that. That's what the stories say, and that's what people assume. What actually happens is still, you know, like, it could be something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What would be a fun explanation besides, like, magic? Just magic. Well, the thing is, if it's magic, like, I'm fine with it just being magic, but there needs to be, like, I, I like it to have some sort of catalyst or, like, mm-hmm. method for doing it. Um which i mean it could be as fairy tale as like you know the emotional response creates it you know creates that to happen uh but like it's so like windy
2: yeah and like catacomb so like what yeah. kind of process would make that kind of
0: undirected is it like i mean it's if it's fear and trauma like it's just a physical representation of that of confusion and fear and being lost in the dark, you know?
2: Okay. Okay. Here's some world building. Yeah. Here's a pitch. Yeah. So have you ever had a dream where like your legs give out and you can't like run
0: or like something's like
2: chasing you? Yeah. I I have the one
0: where it's like my running. Yeah. I'm like, Uh what if it's like
2: when they're turning folks into meme locks? I'm stuck on saying "meme locks," <laughs> like, uh, like they're having dreams like that, and they're like running through molasses, and like there's some kind of like weird dream, Ooh. like world overlap, and like those people leave trails, trails. in the like real world. What if um, the meme locks they,
0: like, are able to almost guide those people in their dreams and their their nightmare dreams? And yes, they leave the trails, but the meme locks. Um, God, the meme locks are, are directing them, because the thing that always bothered me is that if it's if it created spontaneously, these creatures feel like they should have some agency over it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I do really like that, that's a great idea Olive, of the nightmares of the people that they torment help them build their lair, that's a really cool concept.
2: Yeah, that's oh. that's
1: weird and gross and I like it.
2: Yeah. And like so how does it end though? Like does it like the monster finally
0: gets them
2: while they're running and
0: then yeah, they're in they, like then they they metamorphosis into the next mean mean lock. Yeah. That would probably yeah. be the ending end result of the, the nightmare.
2: Mm, I feel like we could
1: That's not quite like the frightening thing is not being eaten. It is Whatever. It is trying to avoid being eaten. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: what if it's like you keep running until like you actually tunnel your way through to like the Shadowfell or something, mm. and then you just leave your old vessel behind, and like then in that void um, that your like mind has left, like the mean lock kind of like hatches from. And so, like, those souls are doomed to, like, flee through the Shadowfell forevermore. Maybe,
0: yeah. Oh, that's That's pretty cool. (laughs) I I definitely pictured that the soul of the individual didn't necessarily leave. Like, they are still trapped in there, just Mm -hmm. warped. So maybe, I mean, maybe they're just yeah, I don't
1: know. The, the Being forced to experience the emotions. I mean, then we start getting to what a soul exactly is, which is, yeah. we don't have, you know, a lifetime. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think that it would make more sense for the soul to remain in some form.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, like, stuck twisting on these, like, patterns of, like, trauma and fear over and over again. Mm Yeah. It's like, they're still running through their mind, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of a cool idea that, like, those first people that got trapped and they're stuck there, the mean locks, I don't know, they're drawn to it, you know, through the veil. They come in and they start increasing those nightmares which then allows them to start creating that layer or something like that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah that's I mean I really I still really that's a great idea I I really love the idea of the the nightmares creating the tunnels oh yeah super cool
2: Cool. That was a complete shit post to the question that went somewhere interesting. <laughs> Love those. <laughs>
0: uh, uh.
1: So all of you have a question here. Why didn't you do a magic afterlife thing with the last mean lock? What magic afterlife? Yeah.
2: Thing? Okay. So in that last situation in the manor. Um, where we just had cornered that last frightened Mean Lock. Um, I was, like, racking my brain. I'm like, I don't have any, abil- like, D&D abilities, which, like, is a really important crush. Uh, not crush. Crutch for me. Um, I in, have a like-
1: crush on some d d abilities. I mean, <laughs> let's be real.
2: <laughs> um, but, like, they're they're really important for me to, like, as, like, a seed of, like, figuring out which direction, like, some kind of situation can go and like mine are just hitting things. So I was like, I don't have any way to resolve this magical transformation situation. Um, And then I realized like after the stream ended that I, I absolutely do. Every time I go into a rage, there's these weird ghost hands. Like, I have some kind of connection to like afterlifes And like Mm -hmm. I could have spun something like that. And that would have been like a really good way to kind of advance Lovelace's personal plot and um, kind of evolving of her powers. Because I feel like we've been like at the same level since day one, where it's like, she rages. There are these like weird hands that do stuff. That would have been her
1: first time choosing her rage. Yeah. The effects of her rage.
2: Yeah. It would have been great, the things we think of later.
1: <laughs> Next time.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I still think the scene played out really nicely. Yeah, yeah, I think it was really powerful, and I'm, ha- I'm happy where
2: we ended up. I just yeah, I agree with all with want to magically Olive's resolve statement. people's problems.
1: <laughs> hmm? Oh, I agree with Olive's statement, your statement, Olive, of um, it was very powerful. I don't know if it was good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh gosh
1: that was such that was such a mess
2: yeah Claire how did you feel that last encounter went uh, yeah. like was it true to our characters how did like Kidam evolve
1: I mean I felt it felt very true to our characters Um Kidam another thing Kadam struggles with is really grokking that that uh, choosing not to act is just as significant as choosing to act and one can help and harm just as much by not acting as one can by acting they were really having trouble choosing to commit violence in order to put Lee out of her misery. And so they chose not to act. And they chose to try and alleviate suffering and just let Lovelace do the dirty work. And that didn't feel good to them even in the moment. Um, And then there was that miscommunication about what Lovelace actually was doing when and Kadam just kind of assumed that Lovelace would do what they think is her, her usual thing and just attack. And so, it was fine to turn off the light, and I was, was
2: about to, but then I couldn't because you turned off the light!
1: Yeah, Kadam just didn't really think that through really well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it felt like... felt like Kadam, Kadam picked a whole bouquet of whoopsie daisies right there, but uh... Uh, Yeah, we
2: all made mistakes near there at the end. Um, I love
1: that expression, by the way.
0: Whoopsie daisies, Uh, or a whole bouquet
1: of whoopsie daisies.
0: I've never heard it.
2: It's pretty amazing. (laughs) A bouquet—that's what you're saying, because they're daisies. Whoopsie daisies.
1: Yeah.
2: A nice Uh, floral arrangement.
1: Yeah, it felt really messy. It felt bad. But it felt really rewarding. Yeah, I'm very pleased that it happened.
0: Yeah.
2: Sorry, my brain is now stuck on other like, flower whoopsies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Interesting. Wait.
1: Yeah, Wheezy's Breezy's, that's fair. I I totally can see the interpretation of Kidam deliberately giving her a chance to escape. That's that's not what I was intending, <laughs> but I totally see how you could think that. Yep. <laughs> I would not blame you for thinking so.
2: This blows his roses.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, this isn't a question, but I did want to uh, just take the opportunity here to slightly clarify the whole family tree thing that got super mixed <laughs> up. Um, so there was the mayor of the town, Lee Duvezan, whose wife was Tifra. They had two children, Nia and Tavin. Tifa left the town with Nathan. I've already <laughs> lost on, you, Nathan. On. Two children. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> they left the town, the three of them. Tifa remarried, had another kid named Garthol. That was the whole roundabout thing of meeting that other person and they were like, oh, my... It was like, it's like my aunt's cousin or something. Anyways. Uh, I'll- I'll Olive drop still, a little family yeah, yeah. tree. Yeah, drop a little- yeah. It'll be on our character's spreadsheet or something. Yeah, I'll figure
1: that out.
0: D- Droppies the poppies? <laughs> what? Did you come up with that, Wheezy's Spreezy's? I don't know I about that I think so. One. This is- this is,
2: this is <laughs> the more whoopsie daisies. <laughs> oh man. What rhymes oh. with rhododendron?
0: Uh, well that was all of our, you know, questions that we have prepared. If anybody else has any other questions, feel free to ask. Do either of you have anything else you're curious about? How's it gonna end? Did we do good? Did we do a good job? Just have to, just have to find out.
2: I don't know if we did a good job. I don't think we did a good job.
1: I want to speculate. About some stuff. Yeah, can we There's speculate questions.
0: wildly? <laughs> sure, speculate wildly. Go for it.
1: Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> oh. I am starting to suspect that Nine Fingers Keen is like planning something. Um, that she is, like, trying to take down the crews, and Box of Screws might actually genuinely be about to be in some hot water if she doesn't get us on the payroll, officially, here, soon. Because um, making us into double agents would be very effective, like, would be, like, a, a valid way to take care of us, as it were. Um, That's that's what I think's going on with Nine Fingers Keaton, at least. That, <laughs> like, actually, if we don't join, things might happen to Box of Screws, even if they're not like dramatic and immediate. Because Nine Fingers knows that that Box of Screws has some kind of contact with some crew.
2: That's good speculation.
0: Do you have any speculation, speculation, Olive?
2: I think, I mean, my speculation is the same as Lovelace's. Like, Box of Screws is power hungry, looking to climb in the ranks. Oh, yeah. There's always infighting in the guild and like jockeying in position. Um, and this was like kind of a, you know, unlikely to work the high reward mission um, that also, like, got us out of the city. Um, And I feel like we're useful but inconvenient to have when someone starts poking around asking about crews. We might just, like, wander in and be like, hey, Dusa, (laughs) at the wrong time. Um, Yeah. Boxer shoes wants platinum.
0: Mhm. Well, we'll have to see what happens.
1: I wonder how the guild is structured to a certain extent, because like clearly, clearly the kingpins are like the second in command's sort of thing after the leader. Is Nine Fingers wise enough? Or even, not necessarily wise enough, but powerful enough to make sure that one kingpin doesn't take over more than one neighborhood? Um, like, could a kingpin start just kind of gathering the lower city under their control, for example? Because suddenly they're a threat, like a genuinely potential threat to um, Nine Fingers but that might be a way to get to the top. Like these box of screws. I mean, she has, you know, forever, millennia now. She doesn't need to be in any kind of hurry if she wants to take over the guild. This is what I think about before going to sleep at night. Like I lie inside <laughs> with the lights out and think about this kind of stuff. Well, awesome.
0: I'm really, I'm really glad, glad you did. hear that. <laughs> um cool yeah I don't I don't know if there's really much more to talk about for this at arc it was a lot of I had a lot of fun I hope both of you did thank you it was so, so scary
2: yes remember yes. when we didn't know the name of the meme locks and it's just like these are just scary things that are happening yeah yeah I it got a lot less scary after I knew their names
0: yeah um their names don't really strike fear in the hearts of Folks, I feel like, but um, I'm not going to answer that one. Wheezy's breezes, <laughs> motivation for becoming a vampire, or that was A box of just...
2: screws or ours.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Anyways, the. Sorry, I got really distracted. I was like looking over, and something popped up really distracted me. Yes, the arc was fun. I'm glad that it was scary. I'm sorry that I gave you a jump scare, but, uh, you know, I guess I was I did a decent job there. So um, You did a
1: good job, definitely. Yay.
0: Uh, so on that note, uh, we are going to be taking a holiday break. We're going to take the next two weeks off, uh, and we'll be back in the new year. Just so we actually have the date. I don't have it off the top of my head. Do either of you?
1: Nope.
0: Momentarily.
1: Calendars are easy to pull up.
0: They certainly are. Uh, Story Reckless next on the 10th of January. 10th of January, that's right, yeah. So we're going to be taking the 27th and the 3rd off and then we'll be back on the 10th. Um, Yeah, and we'll be starting our next arc. I don't know if there's any other announcements uh, from there. Either of you is have this, anything? Is this going to be Lovelace's arc, or we'll find out? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I have some ideas. Uh, we'll talk about it to kind of figure out what all what the two of you are doing, and then see where it goes. Um, I had one more thing I wanted to say. I think that's it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but. but- Thank you everybody so much. I hope you have a lovely holiday and we'll be seeing you in two weeks.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you'll be seeing us. We we see we'll be
2: seeing your uh, names you know, and numbers in the washing account. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Either
2: during or after. Yeah. Not that we watch those obsessively or anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you everybody for joining us this evening and Uh, oh did you have have a good night yeah
2: have a good night good night